Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let a good time in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling Up the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU in Pennsylvania and the Golf News Network. I'm JT, your host. Um, how's your game? Is it as good as those college boys? We're, we're going to find out today. We're talking to my friend Jim Dodson, and he covered the Walker Cup for the Walker Cup and also Global Golf Post. So we're going to be talking to him later in the show. John Breaker is going to come up. And this segment of Grilling at the Green is brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf. Check out Ben Hogan Golf online at benhogangolf.com. New club selections and factory direct sales to you. That's benhogangolf.com. Jim, how are you, my friend? You know, Jeff, I am okay. Since the summer doldrums are here in the east, I'm doing fine. I've been busy <laughs> like you, crazy busy. Like you. Yeah, but, um, it's nuts. It's nice to, to see summer. This is one of the first summers of my life I'm going to publicly declare to my wife and anyone who will listen, which is usually just a couple dogs, that I'm going to, uh, I'm actually going to slow down, play golf with my buddies, work in the garden, read books. Uh, and that's my promise. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm quite achieved it yet, but I'm, I'm working towards it. I have those same aspirations. Um, I really do. And and uh, I think yeah, that we should, we should start a club, the procrastinators. <laughs> the club, procrastinators, you know, procrastinating teeth and quiet. You know. Yeah. No. It's I. I don't. I don't know how many you read, and we'll get to golf in a second, folks. But I get probably five books a month that I need to read for my shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. And I actually read them. I'm not like other hosts where they, they kind of hit the highlights and that. I actually read the book. And so I spend a lot of time at night reading. And lately, we've been so crazy that I haven't, I don't do that as often. And so I'm like behind on that. And I'm saying, okay, you got to straighten this out, pal. Because uh, well, I'm going to pay you the highest compliment. Now, you know, from, from eight golf books I've done and 15 books in general, I've done a lot of radio interviews really all over the world and um the funniest ones and this was happened more often earlier on but a lot of radio hosts don't they read sort of a little bite of a little paragraph about that book you know before they interview the author and i mm-hmm. once had a guy on overseas radio say, welcome we got james dodson he's written a book on final rounds the final word in drinking <laughs> <laughs> I was going out to 10 million people and chips at tea, and and I and he's like, Jim, 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 tell us what 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 are people drinking today? And you know, especially a last drink, a final drink. And I was like, well, Bob, you know, 
pins. If they're at the golf course, oh, which I happen to know a lot about. That's what this book's about. You know? so, <laughs> um, I know I had another one. It was about beautiful. I wrote a book called Beautiful Madness. It was about the crazy horticulture world. I went around the world with plant hunters, and it was really fun. Lost in Africa, the African bush for about a month. It was just great. It was like it was like a uh, it was like a you know Indiana Jones with plant nerds. Sure, and it was really fun, and it was a terrific book, and it was maybe my actual most fun book ever to write. So anyway, I interviewed this lady. I drive. I'm in near Boston, and she wants me to come into this TV show. And I drive in, and she says, we're on TV. And she says, so, Jim, this is such a fascinating book. It's about beautiful people who go mad. (laughs) It was called Beautiful Madness. What is mad? Is there a correlation between beautiful people and madness? And I was like, you know, Betty, you know, there probably is. This book's about gardening and and madness. (laughs) Yeah. Blessed be the host that reads books of his of his subject <laughs> yeah well um that's the way i was taught a long time ago yeah I thought, that's very old school of you you know yeah and uh i actually enjoy it so anyway let's get to the walker cup you covered it you were yeah. down there you were you were actually part of it because you wrote the program for it and all that but i want to get your impressions on the walker cup well it was, it was first of all Two things. It was um, it was unique because Seminole, which I'm their historian, and that's why I wrote the program, had never hosted it, which is pretty remarkable when you realize that it's this iconic golf club that every golfer who is worth his sand wedge knows by heart is this great place that Hogan loved, and I'm Hogan's biographer too. He loved going there, and it's it's a Donald Ross course. It's just spectacular. Recently redone by Gore Crenshaw, and it was really the showcase course. It's after, you know, the, the 48th Walker Cup to finally come there after being at these other iconic clubs around the world seemed like a perfect moment. Now, ironically, that perfect moment, at least on the surface, was spoiled by the fact that we had a worldwide pandemic going on. And there actually was not, a, there was actually a concern that they might even have to postpone it. Uh, you know, a, a Walker Cup normally draws out about anywhere from five to 10,000 spectators. Um, in this case, they really did an amazing job. The club is fairly small. You know, it's in North Palm Beach area, sort of Juneau Beach. And it's uh, it's very uh, compact. It's kind of hemmed in by 120 acres of surrounded by these uh, lush uh, grapevines and, and, and Australian pines. And, you know, uh, around it are these luxury homes. And so how do you get 10,000 people in, you know, and out? So uh, nature cooperated by creating a, uh, a, p- a pandemic, which caused them to just shrink the ticket sales to about, I think it was about 1700 is all, mm. which made for a very intimate, wonderful time. And then they did the USGA and the, Sem- the Seminole folks did, w- did some really fantastic things. I think they did things that will, will shape this event in the future. Uh, the USGA, for one thing, uh, put the big fellow screens up and, and their hospitality area, they offered a free and open bar. <laughs> Never before in the history of a golf tournament has there been a free and open bar. Uh, and so people really took advantage of that. I certainly did. Um, and uh, it was great. Uh, you know, you could, it, it was hot, obviously. And, you, you know, to follow players uh, around that course, it's, it's a really interesting course. It's built, the, the, the key feature is this huge uh, sand ridge, um, and then it winds back to the ocean, and you have these amazing hard holes where the wind blows. It makes Seminole almost impossible to play. Um, 
So that was great. Uh, they also did. They also just did some really innovative things uh, about about how they they you know there were no bleachers. Uh, so it really did have this intimate feel of the Walker Cup of, say, Arnold period, when you would only get a couple thousand people out to see the latest Amber play. Sure. Uh, so it, it, it was really fun. It was very intimate. You got to see anybody you ever knew at the place. It was like a family gathering. Um, and it went off. It was, uh, uh, ironically, on, I think, the, the first crisis it came, came on, like, Tuesday when there was a giant two-inch rainstorm that caused the, uh, the, the wonderful superintendent at the Seminole somehow got his crew to get the course back in shape. And then came news that they were all getting sick. Uh, actually, that started on Tuesday as well. Um, they were throwing, the, the, student, the, the, the players were from both countries were throwing up, and there was, and all was 14 players. Um, yeah, they, I mean, serious, uh, uh, really, really, physical ailment i mean they couldn't walk they were it looked like there was sort of rumor that it was food poisoning from the breakers which i'm sure the breakers pr person was very grateful when they diagnosed it as a virus instead um it, it went through kind of both teams they'd had you know close contact for a week or two before practice and so it really it was a stomach virus and you know how those things go oh, if yeah. you've ever had if you have a child and you caught their stomach bug oh my god you you prefer to be either shot at sunset or yep. or just die on the kitchen floor. Um, and that's what <laughs> happened. And, you know, it really did toss yet another curve at the, at the, uh, the, the, the USGA, largely in, in the captains. Nathaniel Crosby was going, you know, for his second uh, captaincy at the Seminole uh, at the Walker Cup, uh, a place, by the way, that has produced nine captains over its over uh, nearly 100 years of existence, and that's remarkable. Wow. So the, the the weather cleared; it was beautiful. The last bit was that the GBI team coming in was ranked 68th in the world as a team. The Americans coming in were ranked eighth, I think, or ninth as a team. So the odds makers, uh, the bookies in London, were giving the GBI guys no no chance at all of winning. And so it, it what started out as a really flawed, you know, imperiled event. Ended up with a spectacular finish. Folks, we're going to do something special this week. We're going to put Jim in his own special after hours, but we're running out of time on this one. Thank you for the report. And I want to talk about your global golf post uh, columns and stuff when we come back in the after hours. So, Jim, thank you very much. Look forward to it. Yeah. My pleasure. We'll be back in just a few minutes with John Breaker after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef for sponsoring this show. And also the folks at Gunter Wilhelm Knives Unmatched Quality and Comfort Efficiency for enhancing your productivity in the kitchen uh, that online at gunterwilhelm.com. And don't forget our friends down at Langdon Farms Friday night. Yaha, their prime rib special is quite good. And you can find out all the stuff on Facebook and, and Twitter and all that with Grilling at the Green. And I think as of sometime next week, we'll be on 25 to 28 platforms. So we found some new ones that just came out and, uh, 
the web monkeys are working for me. So there you go. Anyway, I want to say hello, hello to my friend John Breaker from Birdie Ball uh, USA there. And how are things in Colorado, John? It is amazing. It is summer, finally. <laughs> and I know that you follow me on Twitter and see my pictures and the snow drifts we get here and just how demoralizing it can get when you're trying to get a 53-footer in over, uh, you know, your putting green material and you get yeah. it stuck and you spend two days digging him out. And, uh, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart up here at 7,700 feet, but uh, – I am staring at a beautiful grass meadow that the wind blowing through it and uh, couldn't be better. Thanks for asking. Yeah, no worries. I always like the picture of the elk too, because I'm, um, I'm a big <laughs> yeah. outdoors guy. And once in a while you've, you fling some oh, yeah. elk shots at us oh, yeah. and I'm like, Oh man, look at those guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> This is a major elk breeding area. And uh, they're in velvet right now. And they walk through here and they're just so majestic and fun and, and uh yeah just blessed every day but uh summer 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 we're excited and i'm gonna be bummed when fall comes so uh so i'm just absorbing it all sitting in the sunshine talking to you there you go what uh how far can you hit a golf ball at that altitude me personally yeah <laughs> or someone or someone good so, well uh boy you know uh the, yeah so it's a good it's at least 10 percent further at least and, uh, you know, that's Denver. And so I'm going to say here, uh, you know, another 2000 feet up, uh, you know, another two or 3%. Now you, you get discouraged going back down to sea level. <laughs> I just spent a week, uh, at whistling Straits with my fraternity brothers and it was, it was demoralizing and <laughs> I'm not going to admit or deny that we played from, uh, the, <clears throat> forward <laughs> not only forward one one back but the first day first day we're you know we're 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 playing uh you know from the middle middle tees and then finally by the third day we played it we we decided to get moved up um, yeah anybody who's played that course realizes that first thing in the morning the the first five outbound holes are directly into the teeth of the wind and it is after you stayed up all night, you know, reminiscing about your your college days, you know, and you're it's like five in the morning and your tea time's at seven. It, you you literally start talking about, well, should we even go to bed now? Right. And uh, but you make the mistake of going to bed, and then that means you have to try to wake up. And uh, yeah, you know, that was tough, but it was a blast. But uh, wow, looking so forward to watching the Ryder Cup now after playing that course three times. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. I'll, I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little inside baseball secret here. When I used to travel a lot and I know some of the listeners probably get tired of me making analogies and stuff on that. But when I was trying to get home from somewhere and if you got like, I spent, I was pretty sure it was a week one day in Cincinnati trying to get, uh, a plane, okay. a plane out of there. I would just stay up all night. I didn't try to sleep because I would, and, yeah. and I would walk through the airports and just never, you know, not speed walk or yeah. anything, just walk and yeah. read or do whatever I had to do to stay up. I could sleep on the plane, but I was afraid if I sat in yep. some corner in some chair and fell asleep, I'd miss the damn flight. 
So. Well, there you go, right? And you're, you know, old enough war horse like me that we didn't have all these fancy gadgets to wake us up and we couldn't rely on the gate agent to do it for us. And yeah, I missed a flight once doing that, you know, exactly the same problem. But uh, yeah, I was a traveling sales guy and spent 25 years on the road. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I can't believe uh, the guys that have to do it now. Back then, I complained and it was, it was easy. You know, now it's super hard. But oh yeah. Back then it was even, even hard, you know, so. I wouldn't want to try to do what I did back then today. Flying. Oh my God. Flying no. is no fun. When I was doing that stuff like you, it was fun. You know, you could get bumped to first class or you had that, you yeah. know, there wasn't, you weren't packed <laughs> yep. in like a, a cattle car, you know, you could travel yep. and it was fun. Um, now, yep. not so much. Yeah, not so much. Anyway, what's going now, on with some birdie ball? Yeah, so uh, you know we are uh, still enjoying the uptick in golf. Uh, it is a significant uptick. It is uh, it is uh, enjoying a resurgence uh, that I am celebrating every day. Uh, we are uh, more and more active uh, with uh, the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, we will be uh, doing a birdie ball event at the Corn Ferry Tour here in Colorado, July 7th, I'm sorry, July 5th through the 11th at TPC Colorado. Uh, this is the tournament that uh, Will Zalatoris won last year, mm -hmm. right? Right. So that was his first ever tour win. And then, of course, you went on to see what he did, you know, finishing second at the Masters. So uh, more and more, we are now uh, entertaining people at Corn Ferry Tour events. So we were down in Savannah and we, uh, you know, were there for the Savannah Golf Championship. We had a floating putting green on a lake uh, that we hosted as a member event party for before the whole week started. And uh, uh, it was uh, uh, $10 for three birdie balls. Uh, it entered you into a contest to, uh, to, to win some nice prizes. But the most important thing was anybody that landed it on the green uh, won, won a, a free beer for everybody. So that was fun. So people <laughs> cheering that on. But uh, family fun zones, uh, you know, we're just a great way to introduce uh, people and, and, and young people to the game. And, uh, and so uh, the tour now is, 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 you know, allowing us to, uh, to do that at their events. And we're doing more and more of them. And, and so if you're in Colorado, if, if this if this podcast gets anybody in Colorado, tell your friends, uh, we're going to have a, a great junior zone. We're going to have a great adult zone. Uh, we're going to have adult beverages. We're going to have a putting green area. And um, yeah, and uh, and you get to watch the, you know, the, the Corn Ferry Tour. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with John Breaker right after this. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green, and uh, I'm JT, your host here. Thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. Check them out at benhogangolf.com. Great stuff there with the Hogan Company. They, I've 
got their clubs now, and I'm really enjoying them. We got John Breaker from Birdie Ball with us today. John's always a hoot to talk to. And, um, you know, you were talking about that sound, and I told you the story off the air about the first time I've heard it. Yeah. It is kind of, uh, you know, on the Corn Ferry Tour, we had an event here until uh, this year, uh, which it, it's not here anymore, but it was the Winco. Um, yep. And the Lagadere people, you know, managed it, but they all, they still do Boise and they do Sonoma and they do a bunch of stuff. Used to be Jeff Sanders Productions. Anyway, when you hear that sound, and like you said, you know you can't hit it like that. <laughs> so, yep. It's, yep. It's you've never made that sound. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, when you're at a PGA Tour event, there's just enough rustling in the crowd and enough noise. And even if you get right up there, and I know that they put the microphone there and TV, uh, but uh, when you're at one of these corn fairy tour events, there, you know, it's like two or three guys are on, you know, you're standing there with two or three guys, or maybe one other person, the caddies, that's all that's there. And it, it's quieter. And then, and then you just, you hear that. And it's, it, it, you know, it, it's just, a, it's just, a, you know, it, it, it's the real deal. You yeah. realize what, what's going on. Yeah. Now you, you realize that ball is turning into a flat <laughs> little it's a rocket man it is a rocket it is a rocket <laughs> yeah it is so birdie yeah, you and birdie ball have been doing a lot with the junior golfers i've noticed in in your you're oh, yeah. working on some projects and stuff to help out uh junior golfers you know first tees whatever yeah. tell us give us an update about what's going on there yeah yeah so so, yeah, and that's something that's important to note. Uh, this Corn Ferry Tour event that we're going to participate in, um, the first tee is coming to help, and we're, you know, going to, you know, give them, you know, the gear. To, they'll leave with the gear. I'm going to give them the gear. Sure. Uh, you know, so they're going to, you know, help manage the tournament because, you know, you're, you're trying to – we'll run, you know, hard to say. You know, we just did this at the Broadmoor for the senior event a few years back and I say just right. So I don't know that maybe four or five years ago it was at the Broadmoor, but we ran, uh, you know, 11,000 kids through our little area and we gave everybody a birdie ball, um, you know, take it home. And we encourage them, you know, to, you know, get a grown up that knows what they're doing. And, you know, we always talk about this, hit the ball back and forth, you know, go to the park and get 40 yards apart. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you got our strike pad, great. If you don't have our strike pad, no problem. You know, the park is like you've taken divots, but you'll know, find something, you'll know, find a, you'll know, find a kitchen mat or find any, you know, anything you can hit it off of, you know, so you're not taking divots and, and, or go to, here's a trick, go to the softball field. And uh, if they've left the, if they've left the bases there, at least they leave home plate there. Sure. You can hit the birdie ball right off a home plate. It doesn't hurt anything. They go 40 yards, get, you know, you drive by softball fields that are being used all the time. I mean, you know, I, you know, I get it. It's, it's night. You get the adults out there and you get the league. Most of the time during the day, a softball field just sitting there, but the diamond, the softball diamond is the most perfect place to do birdie ball. And so, you know, we give these balls to the kids to take home and we say, you know, grab an adult, you know, have them get a wedge and you grab a club and go to the softball diamond and hit them back and forth to each other. Um, you know, nobody ever complains about, you know, taking a divot out of the dirt and, and uh, you can do that. It's free, and you got your birdie ball, and you, you know you're not going to break your birdie ball, and you know, hit it back and forth. It's just like playing catch, and and uh, you know the first tee uses that mentality here in Denver. They're great. This first tee, we're in their DNA. They're in our DNA. You know, uh, they were up the other day picking up some gear, and I was talking to the 
the director, and he said, uh, he said, uh, do you ever get pushback from the parents on this? I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah. So the other day, you know, a parent refused to let their kid hit the birdie ball. He he insisted that you know we're going to teach him with a golf ball, and and uh, you know, and uh, the director said, so I said, sir, you know, it was all due respect. Have you ever hit a birdie ball? He said, no, I would never. I would never. I would. I'm a. I'm a golf purist. I. I am not going to hit a, a cylinder with my good clubs. He goes, okay. Well, you know, if you hit it with your good club, but you know, I insist that you hit this before you know we go through you know what your belief system is about this, because the birdie ball is going to teach your kid to put the face of the golf ball on the fa- uh, face of the golf club on the face of the golf ball. You know, not cast it. You know, compress it. It's just like we were talking about with the golf club, compressing sure. that ball into a flat shape. You're going to try to compress that cylinder, uh, the side of the side wall of that cylinder. That's what I want you to try to do. And he said, you know, I put the thing on the ground, and the guy knocked it down and turned it on his side. And, and he said, so the first thing I had to explain, no, you hit it hole up, it's hole up. And, oh, well, that's the stupidest thing I ever saw. And he said, so I, you know, I stepped back three steps and uh, let him take a swing. And, and just like we all do, Anybody that ever demonstrates birdie ball to anybody, you catch a three and wait for him to turn around and say, wow. And he said, he, I catch a three. He turned around and said, wow. He said, my bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I can't believe. I, and he goes, you know, and so this is the, you know, this is the, the thing that we go through. And, and it's interesting. I just did an, art, an article with my golf guy. And if anybody wants to know, you know, the, the genesis of the birdie ball and the story behind it and all those things, we went through all of that. And, and uh, so it's a good read. Uh, it's out there on my golf spy if anybody wants to read sure. it. Um, you know, so that's out there. But it's a good, you know, start of the story to the end of the story kind of thing. And hopefully, you know, the, I'm going to say the middle of the story. It's not the end of the story. We're so, so far from the end of the story. But uh, I keep talking about Birdie Park, right? I keep talking about Birdie Park, which is, you know, our version of Top Golf. And uh, and I did, and I have mentioned that before there was a Top Golf. The two twin brother founders of Top Golf came to me at the 2010 PGA Merchandise Show and uh, told me their vision of Top Golf. But the reason they visited my booth was because they wanted Birdie Ball as their backup position, and they needed 40 million dollars, and they were going to go raise it, but they weren't close to getting that raise. And they thought, you know, if we can't get the money raised, we want to do this on a smaller version, and we want to do it with Birdie Ball. And so we had agreed that that would be the fallback position for them. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, they went out to raise their money. Clearly, uh, you know, we all know the end of the story. They got their money. They built the first one in London. You know, it was uh, a success. And then they built the next one in Austin. And it was even a bigger success. And if you go to Top Golf right now, you're, again, thank God COVID's over. And now everybody's been penned up. You know, Top Golf, three and four hour wait. You know, I love Top Golf. Um, but there's some, you know, we have another version of it and it's going to be birdie park and, uh, we're going to have the food and beverage and we're going to have the targeting and we're going to have to your point, your question, you know, what are we going to do with the juniors? Well, we're going to focus, we're going to do a lot of focusing on bringing people to the game at birdie park and we'll have, you know, big inflatable animals and we'll do all the things for the kids. And we, you know, but there's going to be like adult swim, right? We're going to, there's going to be a time in the day where it all gets converted to the adult. Sure. So from, you know, so, you know, most of the daylight, you know, we'll have juniors. And then at night when it's time to enjoy a cold one and a pop, 
you know, we'll turn it over to the, the adult and we'll, the targeting will change and it'll be the road game and it'll be, you know, targets like at top golf and this and that. And, and the scoring will be, you know, just line of sight off the tablet. And, uh, and I've been talking about this and, and I, I got my eyeballs on a place right now and, uh, and we're close and, uh, it's here in, it's here in Denver and, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to get her done. Uh, you know, if we can, if I, if I can get this property negotiated, you know, it's all about place. You know, we've got this place in the mountains yep. and part of my concept when we came up here was, you know, this would be a good place to prototype it and get it working. And, you know, we've got all the, you know, we, we've worked out the bugs here, but it's time to now put it in, you know, put it in a, in a, in a busy community where people can access it. And it, and this is, this is not high end Denver. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be in a, in a part of Denver that's challenged and it'll be accessible to everybody in the neighborhood. And, and we'll have, you know, we'll have the ability for people to be able to ride their bikes there. And, and, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to do it. So, Good for um, you. you know, yeah, you know, and, you know, we, we, we claim, and I got to find somebody that can disprove this. So, you know, I'm going to make the claim. I can't prove it uh, or disprove it, but, I think we've brought more people to the game of golf in the last 19 years than anyone. We got to take a break. We're going to be back with John Breaker from Birdie Ball right after this. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to grilling at the green i'm jt we'd like to thank all of our listeners for being with us today both here on the west coast and the east coast and uh as the game of golf grows, so does uh, grilling at the green. Now we're going to get back to my friend John Breaker from Birdie Ball. Um, you had some really interesting things going on in that last segment. Uh, if you actually can get that property in that building, how fast do you think you can get this up and running? I'm going to get it running. You know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I'm in my early 60s here. I've been doing this for 19 years, and I've been wanting to do this for 19 years. And I've watched other people do it. Uh, you know, we have people that, you know, call me and, you know, uh, and say, okay, I'm going to buy my 2,000 birdie balls for the year. And I'm so embarrassed that I'm going to, I'm going to spend, you know, $2,000 with you. And I'm going to turn this $2,000 into $400,000. Right. Because I have an, I have a, uh, 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 you know, this is a guy, you know, honestly, he, he, he loves me telling the story and he loves people calling him and asking, but he, he has a, uh, zip line in Sandestin with a shopping center and a little pond and uh he floats a floats a floating putting green out there and uh he has people hit birdie balls out there and again I think I don't know what his mon what, what he charges. I think it's five balls for ten bucks and uh you know and he holds court all summer and uh and people get a little discount off the zip line if they land on the on the floating pine green. And if they get it in a bucket, 
they are entered to win a uh, a ski mobile or a, I'm sorry, a water a water mobile. I, jet I, ski. Those things are. Jet ski. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Jet ski. <laughs> uh, jet ski at the end of summer. And but he, you know, he's he's telling my story all day, every day. And he, you know, he tells anybody that wants to listen to him. But um, but there is a there is a stickiness to birdie ball. It's a uh, it's a thing that people don't believe until they do it. And then once they do it, they're stuck. And uh, and when you watch, you know, people hitting these things onto a little floating green. And one of the nice things about them is they stop, right? So, you know, if you if you got a little pond and you want to have a little floating, you know, target out there, and you want to get rewarded if you land on it, you know, birdie ball has some square sides on it, but it likes to bite in and stop. And if you use one of our putting greens, our float, our you know our our foam construction putting greens, the indoor variety of our putting greens. You know, you uh, float it out there on a pond, and you, literally, it just it just stops. Okay, so you hit it, you land it on it, uh, and because it has this shape, that's one thing that helps. Because it has reverse bend, that's another thing that helps. Because it's landing on a soft uh, base, that's another thing that helps. Sure. And because it's sitting on water, that's another thing that helps. <laughs> so between the hydrodynamic absorption of the shock, the foam absorption of the shock, the ball's got some square corners, the back bend, they literally just land and stick like you're playing jarts right yeah so yeah that's another just really fun aspect of it but if we don't yeah so so we're gonna do yeah if i don't get this place uh you know we're we're gonna find another place and uh uh and if i you know i have an offering memorandum on street on this thing and uh covid killed that right so we started it we did it and then you know, nobody nobody was interested in, in eat, we call we're calling it entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. It's just food, beverage, and something to do. I mean, it's kind of a new way to describe this world. You know, and and we all know Tiger just you know created his uh, you know his putting his putting version of this top golf thing, and I forget what that's called. It's some, and somebody that's listening will know. But you know, he's he's uh, he's building. He's committing to build multiple sites that are. Uh, I think I think. It's a putting version of top golf. Um, not a thousand percent sure of that, but uh, I, I know he's doing something in this genre: uh, golf, food, beverage, people, and um, and so you know the space is is rich right now. Sure. And uh, you know, I want I just want to play. You know, if I, if I it, when I do this event center, if I can get this done. You know, the part of it that I don't understand is the food and beverage side, right? So, you know, we're, we're, we need a partner there. I mean, I need someone that knows how to do that. And so I'll have to find that. If it's, if it's me hiring it out, I'll, I'll find that. Well, but maybe I can help perfect. you with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, totally. Maybe I can yeah, help with that. Yeah, because I'm clueless there. And, and maybe, yeah, let's do, yeah, off air, let's figure that out. I mean, um, you know, we know how to do the, you know, the entertainment piece. I, you know, they're there are a lot of subtle little things that you learn about the birdie ball, how far it goes, what clubbing it does, you know, what are the heights during flight? You know, what are the targeting systems that work? How do I make it stay? What, you know, how am I going to score it? You know, why do people like that? You know, so how do I get them back? How do I get them back without, you know, having a machine get them back? John, we're out of, I'm not gonna do we're out of time, oh, okay. I'm afraid. But we're going to pick this up in yep. after hours real quick. John Breaker from Birdie Ball. I think it's fascinating what you're doing. And uh, I'm going to be cheering for you. And I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot, too. So it's all good. Um, Thanks for listening this week to Grilling at the Green. Uh, Stick around. Uh, 
on the on the podcast version of the show. John's going to be doing the after hours. And uh, everybody, enjoy your week. Go play some golf. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.